We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or a grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. This is the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. Here's your host, John Halpin. Hey, everybody, it's John Halpin. Welcome to the August 13th episode of the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. Uh, my friend Dennis Esser, whose website, coachesser.com, rankings will be up soon if they're not there already, um, just participated in, the, in a Flex Leagues draft. I've done a Flex Leagues draft run by uh, Jake Seeley, whose fantasy work you've probably seen. He's uh, a fantasy roto expert, lots of places like that. And, um, Dennis, it's a super flex format. So I got to ask you, super flex, and you waited till round nine for Dak at quarterback. Was that by design? Normally in super flex, you kind of jump earlier at the quarterbacks. Yeah, usually um, you do jump at the quarterbacks. Uh, originally, I was supposed to be in the standard league, so I was kind of set up for for what it, my plan was going to be. But uh, last minute, moved into the super flex. Luckily, I had just done a football guy super flex. And even in that one, I planned on taking a quarterback like seventh, eighth round. What really happened here was um, two two guys took two quarterbacks early on in the third and fourth round. Modica and Joe Pizzapia, um both jumped on back-to-back quarterbacks. And that kind of thinned out the quarterback position a little bit. Um, for me... I could have jumped on a quarterback in the fifth round, but I decided to grab a running back at that spot because of the Geis injury. 
I think that kind of threw off the running back depth. So I let Kirk Cousins go. Um, and then Rick Wolf, being the shark that he is, uh, grabbed Cousins one spot ahead of me in the sixth round. After Cousins was gone, for me it was Phillip Rivers. I kind of did a hope and a prayer hoping he'd get back to me. Obviously he didn't. There was a big run on quarterbacks. Yes. Um, but I was comfortable with Prescott or Mariota as my QB1. Um, so when it, when it got back to me, Azer in the seventh round took Mariota one spot ahead of me. I decided to go ahead and take it, you know, just build at the other positions, hoping that that might create a, a situation later where I can trade because here we got short benches. We're starting 10 players. You only have six bench spots. So there can be trades in this, especially with multiple flexes. So I decided to kind of bulk up at other positions and then hope Prescott got to me later. And Prescott did because a lot of people, you know, they're just banking on his down year from last year. But in this situation, I'd rather get a dual threat quarterback that late. So I was happy with Prescott where I got him. All right. So, yeah, you said there's a run on quarterbacks. And everybody, I, I will tweet. I'm on uh, I'm at JHelpin37, as you know, Dennis at Coach Esser. Um, I will tweet out a link to this draft so you can know what we're talking about here. Um, but, yeah, you went after in round six, you went Marvin Jones after Cousins went. And six seven quarterbacks went before your next pick. Yeah. So it was, it, it was a, run. a run. It was a run. Uh, Sealy went with Mahomes. He kind of like threw his hands up and said, all right, I'm going to take Mahomes. And the next thing you know, that was it. Quarterbacks went back to back to back. Um, I really thought Eisenberg wasn't going to go with a quarterback there, especially after taking luck a little bit early. But once he went Garoppolo, I think that set, set it off for Ronis and for Azer. Azer got a little desperate there. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and then for me, I said, what's the difference between Alex Smith, Bortles, Prescott, you know, I, I really don't see much difference there. Meanwhile, I could take a chance on Corey Davis. He hasn't practiced yet. Who knows if he could jump into wide, you know, top wide receiver two territory. So I'll jump on him. And then I grabbed Evan Ingram, who was the fourth tight or fifth tight end in the next round because, you know, tight ends weren't going. They went early. Gronkowski went early. Kelsey went early. Um, and then it was a lull at the tight end position in this league. And I think that comes from tight end only taking up one spot with uh, multiple flexes, you know, starting 10 different positions, but tight ends only taking up one of them. So uh, tight end was one of those places where people waited late. I was happy to get Ingram where I did. All right. Um, now following up on what you did, you got Dak. I was, uh, <laughs> I was talking to someone last, I was on Sirius XM with uh, Kyle and Ray on Sunday night. And they were asking me about Dak and saying, you know, hey, do you need him to replicate his 2016 season? And I kind of looked and I went, I don't know that I care that much if he replicates it. He, he's, being, he's going at QB 20. He went QB 20 in your draft here. Yep. He's being ranked right around there. Last year, everybody's talking about how, oh, he wasn't the same guy he was the year before because he threw more interceptions and all that stuff. He was QB 10 or 11, dependent on your scoring system, right? Exactly. And especially when he was with uh, Ezekiel Elliott. I mean, the six-game suspension really kind of hurt the early season. And once a quarterback kind of is struggling like that, people stop looking at them. If they look at it over the rest of the season when Elliott was there, then you would see that Prescott actually had a really good season for in this score scoring format too. So, yeah, he took, he took some more chances last year. He tried to force the ball to Dez. He tried to force the ball to a couple of guys. I think this year there's a lot more for him to go on. Um, with the weapons there, I think people are undercounting the weapons 
and Elliot being back full time. Uh, hopefully, nothing happens between now and then. But uh, I think that's really going to help Prescott. I, I mean, I have him with you know a ceiling of quarterback eight and a floor of quarterback sixteen. So okay, so so a little more on Dak. You, you mentioned the weapons. You look and you kind of go, you know, the, it, it's it, it looks to me like maybe not good. Maybe I'm underestimating Hearns. Maybe Gallup steps up. Is is there anyone there? Of of none of the, I would say they're they're all underrated, right? No, so yes. they, no one no one wants anyone in the Dallas receiving core except maybe Hearn's really late somewhere. Is there someone there that you're looking at? And and Gallup, I, I know I've talked about him with people. Who in that receiving game are you looking at and going? I'm going to get that guy really late, and I think there could be a payoff. I think Beasley. I think okay. Beasley's the guy. You know, for me in PPR leagues, I'll grab him late. Um, and Tavon Austin, because he's still at the running back position and it's not going to change. So I'll grab him as my sixth running back in uh, deeper PPR leagues. I think they're enamored with Tavon Austin and what they can do with him. So for me, uh, I'll, I'll grab him as a sixth running back easily, especially in best ball leagues, um, without a problem. But yeah, I think Beasley's the guy to own. I think Gallup is the guy that I really, really like for Dynasty. Um I think it'll be a little bit of a slow start for him this year. He's somebody to watch. Maybe if he doesn't get drafted, put him on your watch list and then uh, make him a priority free agent if he usurps Hearns or Terrence Williams. I think he should usurp Williams, but again, they let Bryce Butler go, so who knows. All right, so what about tight end? Any of the tight ends? I mean, Witten got the last couple of years, like every year, Witten was busy. Does one of these tight ends kind of step up and catch 60 passes? I think in this offense with his his maneuverability, I think the tight ends will catch passes, but I don't know who it's going to be. So yeah. I'm not ready to bank on any of them yet. I really was hoping Gathers would have a big offseason, but it looks like he's kind of on the roster bubble. Yep. So, you know, maybe he's not going to be that, you know, Antonio Gates that we hoped he could be, but you know, I, I'm I'm hopeful for him. I hope he makes strides this camp. Maybe he's a priority free agent because he's going undrafted in most leagues. Um, but again, th- that's a situation where I'm watching it. Maybe a streamer tight end in certain situations where you know you're going to need somebody coming off the bench. I mean, th- th- that position gets racked with injuries, John. You know it. Yeah. Uh, you know, a lot of times you're going to have a tight end on IR, and th- and that's definitely a team that I'll target in free agency. All right. So back to one other guy you mentioned. Are you buying into I know they seem to really like Tavon Austin. Like, do you buy that they're really going to use him? I mean, it's funny because it, it kind of when you th- it kind of makes you think of when Jeff Fisher said he was going to you know catch a hundred <laughs> passes or whatever. It does, it does. But at least at least now you don't have to worry about him. You know, catching a hundred passes. He's he's. I think they're going to use him in the passing game. They're going to get him in in space. I'm not saying he's going to have more than you know six touches, eight touches a game. In best ball, those eight touches could be huge. Yeah, because because of how fast he is. So, um, in best ball, love it. Um, in season long, not as much, unless it's super deep rosters. Like if you're drafting twenty four rounds in a twelve team league, then I'll take him in a PPR. Otherwise, yeah, I'm not buying it. <laughs> All right, I, I think I'm with you. I think that's a, that's a good analysis to Tavon Austin. Okay, everybody, again, Dennis is at Coach Esser. I'm actually helping thirty seven on Twitter. You can also tweet us at Rotowire. Get player updates at Rotowire NFL, and you can find us on Facebook. Okay, I'm going to go through this Flex League draft again. Um, by the time you listen to this, the link to the to the draft results will be on my Twitter feed, so you can kind of 
have some context to this. I'm going to focus mostly on your picks and and talk about some. I thought some of your picks were interesting, and, and I thought they were worth discussion, um, so that the listeners could kind of you know get your insight on certain players. Um, so so these are kind of this just kind of ran. There's some random players here. There's not you know we talked about some Cowboys. We're going to talk about some random guys here. The Dennis pick. First of all, you had the ninth pick. So this is a half point PPR, right? Half point PPR. Okay, you went Dalvin Cook at nine. Ahead of Melvin Gordon, Leonard Fournette, um, and then receiver ahead of Julio, um, and you, and Odell Beckham, and Odell Beckham. So you, you, it's fair to say you like. I mean, sometimes when you're in the top fifteen or so, you're splitting hairs between guys, but but that's more aggressive than most people would be for Cook. Why do you like him so much? You know, I, re- I really like Kirk Cousins coming into the offense. I think Cousins is going to create more first downs, more opportunities. For Cook, I loved Cook coming out of college. Big dynasty owner of Cook. And I, I just think he's a more talented back in a better team um, than Gordon and right now. Fournette, I do I do like a lot. It, that was kind of a coin flip for me in half-point PPR. I, I might even lean Fournette in, in standard. Uh, I'm still tweaking my my uh, projections. But um, for me, the, the choice really came down to Dalvin Cook and Odell Beckham. Uh, and... You know, the homer in me wants Beckham, but, you know, there's a situation with his contract, the the injuries. I I thought getting Dalvin Cook at that spot um, and the fact that no other receiver had gone besides Antonio Brown, I knew I could get a receiver on the way back. It was kind of like an opportunity cost, like right. who, you know, who could get back to me. So um, I decided Dalvin Cook took him a little ahead of where the ADP was, but I don't mind it because I really like the player. You know, and I think you know you make stances at certain times, and I think he's going to probably right, wind up right there in my rankings going into the season. Okay. Um, yeah, I think it was good, and I think getting Michael Thomas on the way back was just fine. Yeah, so, I was very happy. Did, with did that. you have? And we're going to do some either ors later. So you picked Michael Thomas and Devontae Adams right after it. Was that a tough decision for you? No, not for me. Okay. Um, you know, I, I like Devontae Adams just fine. I just think uh, I, I I like Michael Thomas a whole lot more. Okay. So, it, you know, he excites me more. Adams, I, I think there's other receivers that are going to get, get involved in that. Um, Jimmy Graham's going to take some of the red zone targets away. So, for me, uh, you know, I want to stick with Thomas there. I have him, a, you know, a look. they're not quite close in, in my projections. Okay. Next guy is LaShawn McCoy, um, round three, which is the 33rd pick you took him. Um, so for, I, I guess that, that's the point. The, the risk with him and the off-field stuff is baked in, taking him in the third round, which is where a lot of people have been taking him, third yep. or fourth. So, um, so, so, so that, I mean, you, you agree with that. That's, that it's baked in, and, and if, you know, if something bad happens, well, you know, if, if we weren't worried about that, he'd be going higher. Correct. Okay. Um, it is sometimes I, I fall into the trap of like I, it was with the cowboy receivers is a similar thing. I look and I go, well, someone's got to catch the ball. <laughs> but do, do you think <clears throat> is that always the case? And I think the Cowboys are different. I was going to say I, I'm going to talk about bad offenses. I don't think the Cowboys are necessarily a bad offense. I think they're just not such a great passing offense. The Bills are bad. I mean, LaShawn McCoy is the only game in town there. Do, do you do you think 
a running back in a bad offense is still a good pick, or do you just kind of sometimes try to avoid bad offense? I mean, here you didn't make a huge investment, so so you straddled the fence a little bit there. Yeah, I, I, that's the thing. It, the investment was was right, especially with guys going out, with guys going out, and you know, with Washington. I think that kind of made McCoy more of a late third round value for me. So once Steph, once Diggs went and Kelsey right in front of me, that kind of made the choice for me. Like D- Diggs was the next guy up on my wide receiver tier. Kelsey was was a value at three. After those two went, I said, you know what? There's no quarterback I want here. I got to look at running back. Um, it's going to start getting thin really soon. Ajayi, you know, there's some questions there. I do like him. I like him more in the fourth round than I do in the third. And for and McCoy, I said, you know, half point PPR. I'll take the yardage. I'll take the, his big playability. Uh, you know, and hope he has some good games because here, you know, you're starting ten players. He doesn't have to hit every week. You know, he doesn't have to be as consistent as he was when you were taking him in the first or, you know, at the one-two turn the last couple of years. So for me, running back 16, I thought McCoy was the right right time to do it. Um, and, it, you know, it proved out as, as the running back position kind of got thinner in the next couple of rounds. All right. So so give me, a, give me a number off the top of your head. Assuming 16 games, how many touches will Deshaun McCoy get this year? Oh, how many touches? Uh, I'm looking at, you know, 265, 200, and you know, around there. That's rushes or touches? Touches. Okay, because last year, I, I think they're, I, I think they're going to take some of the load off of them. Yeah, and there's not going to be as many first downs. So I think I have like between 285 and 265 for for his total touches. Okay. Um, all right. Next up, round four. So half point PPR. You went fits. I did. That was. I, I thought that one was kind of interesting. I thought that was that was a little earlier than I go for fits. You, are, do you think, I mean, last three years, what, 107, 109, 109, or something like that in receptions. Yep. Um, the, the, what do you think happens with him with, uh, with the new quarterbacks who may not be the same all year? You know, it's, it, that's the thing. If Bradford can play the first couple of games, I think Bradford's going to love Fitzgerald. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't see any issues. I like Rosen as long as he's behind the first, first team offensive line. Uh, they got to protect him, but um, uh, you know, in that spot for receivers and half point PPR, I, I like Fitz uh, pretty much the best out of those guys. I mean, it was, it was Amari Cooper, Demarius Thomas; those are the other two guys that were right there. And for me, I, I liked Fitz's um, consistency more. Like he's one of those guys; he's going to fit in my team, and there's going to be consistent numbers there. He's going to get consistent targets. He's going to be used in the red zone. Um, you know, the other receiver positions aren't settled yet with the Cardinals, right. and I think they're going to lean on him a lot. So I didn't mind him there. You know, you could have gone upside with Cooper, but I just haven't seen enough from Cooper. Uh, I haven't seen enough plays, you know, in the red zone. And Demarius Thomas is, is really on his way down, um, you know, and I have him in a lot of other leagues where I'm getting him at like wide receiver 19, which is, which is fine for me. But um, I, I didn't want to take him there. I thought Fitz would be a better fit for uh, how I was going to go about building my team. Okay. Um, now we're going to go to round five. So you take Royce Freeman um, ahead of Karrion Johnson, ahead of Ronald Jones. Uh, well, Sony Michelle's a, you know, that the injury's mm-hmm. going to scare people away from that. Um, other guys had gone, Penny had gone already. 
in that I, I keep talking on this show every day about the 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 post Saquon tier of running backs of rookie running backs. Who's w- w- is Freeman your favorite uh, among those? I mean, you know, Penny you couldn't take, but he's you obviously like it more than Johnson and Jones. Who, who do you like more, Freeman <clears throat> or Penny? I, I like Freeman um, for this year. I think Rashad Penny. I love him for Dynasty. Um, I like both for Dynasty. I've I, I've been on both uh, for a long time with Debbie leagues and things like that. But I like Freeman a lot more for this year. Uh, I think he's going to be the bell cow. I think he's going to win that position. He can do a lot of things. He moves so well for a big back. And uh, Penny's got some competition, bad offensive line, a lot of things going on out in Seattle that you know I, I'd rather get Penny at a cheaper rate than like running back 19, 18 where he's going. So for me, I love getting Freeman at 25. He was my main target. I, I was so excited he was there. And it was funny because there was two players there that I was looking at that I really wanted on my team. I wanted uh, Smith-Schuster and I wanted Freeman. So it kind of gave me either or. Um, I decided to go with Freeman to bulk up at running back there uh, because there were some receivers left that I really liked anyway. Okay. Um, another round five play, by the way. Um, Adam Ronis took Rex Burkhead. Were you surprised at that, that how high went? No, not not after the Sony Michelle news. Um, I, I thought Burkhead would probably fit right around running back 22, 24, you know, in that range, especially in this crowd. Uh, I think uh, Burkhead is a nice nice piece to have, you know, in the spot. And Ronis was, you know, he took a running back early, went receivers, and I think uh, that was one of his targets was he wanted to get Burkhead. So. I could I could see it. I don't I don't I didn't see him lasting too much longer. Okay. Um couple of your late round picks I want to bring up. Jordy Nelson, you got him round 10, wide receiver 46. Is that you being optimistic or is it kind of, I mean, sometimes you get in double digit rounds you go, mm, I I could see how this can work. Is how how optimistic are you I think is what I'm asking. Uh, I think he can outplay that draft position. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, He's not no longer a wide receiver one, but this is a guy who could be a low-end wide receiver two. He's a definite wide receiver three in leagues where you're going to be flexing. So wide receiver 46, uh, I right now I have him at like wide receiver 35 in my rankings. Uh, I, I think he's going to take Crabtree's role. I think, again, Cooper is not good in the red zone. Nelson runs great routes in the red zone. Carr can be accurate when protected. So I think I think Nelson's a good security blanket for him. I think Derek Carr is going to look to him. Um, so wide receiver forty six is definitely a spot where bulking up at the receiver position was big for me because if if Corey Davis hits it off, let's say, like and th- this was part of the plan because if Corey Davis or Marvin Jones starts off the year great, maybe those can be trade pieces for me if if Jordy Nelson is outplaying his his ADP. You know what I mean? Yeah. So then I can move those pieces for a better quarterback or I can uh, flip them for another running back. Um, you know, if somebody really bulked up at running back and there are a couple of guys who, who went heavy running back. So um, that, that was one of the things where I like to strengthen the position. You see how your draft goes. I already took four receivers. You know what? Let's take the position again and hope they hit. And then, you know, maybe I can make a move, especially in a league like this. Right, you know, I'm looking at fantasy football calculator right now the ADP and Jordy Nelson is he's wide receiver at half PPR he's wide receiver 41 
So you got, yep. I mean, and, and standard, he's like 35 or something. So you get, you got him, you got him cheap. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it was definitely cheap. There were some guys that jumped over him. Uh, DJ Moore, uh, some, you know, uh, I think Modica took ahead of him kind of, you know, looking for a rookie. Maybe, maybe he could outplay his spot. Mike Williams, Azer, Azer was a wild card. Anybody who you know knows CBS Sports knows Azer is a wild card, and uh, he took Mike Williams, who was a guy a lot of people, a lot of us were targeting for the late rounds. Right. He took him at wide receiver forty three, which kind of threw off uh, the rest of the wide receivers in that bunch. Okay. Um, last guy on your team I want to talk about is Tyler Lockett. I feel like, and this is me being in a Twitter bubble, maybe. I feel like I've been seeing a growing argument for Tyler Lockett lately. That it's, you know, you look and, I mean, part of it's maybe Baldwin being hurt, which hopefully will work itself out and he'll be okay when the season starts. It sounds like he'll be okay. Yep. But I think the argument is, well, Lockett has showed flashes in the past. Last year, he wasn't really healthy. And, and man, there's sort of, Paul Richardson's gone and Graham is gone. And there's basically, I think the term is the skinny receiving tree in Seattle. Like basically, yep. who else is he going to throw to besides Baldwin? Is, did that play into you taking Lockett? Do you buy that argument? I do, I buy the argument a, a bit. Like Doug Baldwin, if he's healthy, he's the stud there. Yeah, love Baldwin. So you know, and that that leaves. But it's not just crumbs for Lockett. I think Lockett is a talented player. I think he's been injured because of his slight build and the fact that he returns kicks. It, you know, he's a, he's a player that gets injured pretty easily. So, uh, but at wide receiver fifty two, where I got him. And the fact that I needed to bulk up at the position because I had kind of drafted wide receiver, gone wide receiver heavy, I thought he had the most upside um, to again make one of my middle receivers tradable. Uh, so if if Lockett starts out the year great, that you know, or if it looks like he's locked in as the wide receiver two there, then maybe that means Fitzgerald can move on. That means you know Marvin Jones can move on in a trade, and uh, I can I can slide Lockett as a flex from week to week and play matchups. So it was another situation where I'm trying to build at a position where I ended up going heavy based on the board. And um, I like Lockett there. I mean, of the receivers that went after uh, that are targets for me, you know, late in drafts, Chris Godwin, maybe um, John Ross was a guy. I, I thought that was a great pick by Sealy late at wide receiver 66. Um, but again, I would have waited on Ross. But there was nothing really else for me to do there because there was no quarterback left. I, I think uh, Andy Dalton had gone at the turn to Jim McCormick. <laughs> so if, if, if Dalton had gotten to me, I would have paired Dalton with Prescott. Okay. Um, but after that, I said, you know what? Let me keep building a receiver position. Maybe I can make a trade later on. Okay. Um, all right, you, so looking at the one more thing I want to add. Well, you cuffed uh, Latavius Murray with Cook, <clears throat> um, which last year certainly worked out. Um you mentioned Evan Engram. You and I, you know, we, when, when we are not doing stuff like this recording, we talk, we talk about the Giants. <laughs> um, what, do you, what do you think? The reports out of camp are that they, they've been using him downfield more. Like, are, are, you, are you expecting kind of a big uh, or nice big step from Evan Engram? I'm expecting a, a, a productive step in the red zone this year. I, I do think a healthy Sterling Shepard takes away a lot of targets in the middle of the field for Ingram. But I, I think in half-point PPR, I think Ingram's going to be a value. Um, I really have him around tight end six in most spots. Uh, but 
you know, I knew McCormick really liked Jordan Reed. So Reed was the guy I, w- I was going to target later. But then I would have had to take back-to-back tight ends probably to protect a guy like Reed. So, but uh, I like Ingram. It's just um, a situation where I think from game to game, it, it's going to be difficult to swallow based on what Eli ends up doing. Eli loves Sterling Shepard. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, from going to practices and th- it, it just seems like that's his security blanket. He feels like Shepard gets open and makes the plays. Um, but he does like Ingram a lot. So I, I do like Ingram. It's just after those first three tight ends, it gets a little dicey for me this year. Yep. You know, it's, it's, it's difficult. And, and I don't like paying up for Ertz. I don't want to pay a fourth round pick for a guy that, you know, I loved getting in the seventh, eighth round the last couple of years. <laughs> right. For the same production you think you're going to get really. Exactly. Yeah. You, you're drafting him at his absolute ceiling. Yep. And it's, that's difficult for me. So you, you've been, uh, how many, uh, practices have you been to? Uh, two. What? How's Eli look? He look. He looks good. I think his mechanics look better. Um, but the line, the line is giving up pressure a lot. I mean, God. he would get sacked on a lot of plays that I saw when I was there. I, I, you know, they they're they're having a difficult situation getting that line to gel early on. Okay. So hopefully, hopefully, it can come together. And Eli, because that's his big thing. I mean, he's thirty six. He's not going to change. When his eyes come down and his mechanics get bad and he gets happy feet, he's going to turn the ball over. He's not going to get the ball out on time. If they can protect him, the thing I really like is the play-action passing. Getting back to the play-action pass that used to be in the offense, um, I think is going to really help him. It helps his timing. And, uh, you know, so far that's looked good. And I think Evan Ingram is big in the play-action game. Because he's just too fast for for the linebackers and the safeties to redirect to. Okay. Um, and uh, Saqu- we're going to Saquon's Hall of Fame induction in 20 years, right? <laughs> he better. If you're going to pass up quarterback at two, he, that guy better be end up in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, he better is right. All right, uh, Fantasy Football Evolution is back for 2018 and better than ever. You spoke and we listened. We've added mock drafting, moved the championship final to NFL Week 16, and made setting up a private competition a snap. Join us and play the game you love as it was meant to be played. Fantasy Football Evolution's unique three-stage format delivers the best of season-long fantasy football without the never-ending drafts or late-season absentee owner and waiver-wire antics that can develop in traditional leagues. We all hate that stuff. Play as an individual or be the commissioner of your own private league. You'll get 16 weeks of action for just $25. You could be the next Fantasy Football Evolution $25,000 champion. Maximize your chances by owning multiple teams. Optional auto-draft and lineup assist can help you manage them with ease. It's all here, so what are you waiting for? Register now, fantasyfootballevolution.com, and join the evolution. Availability varies by states. Visit the website for details fantasyfootballevolution.com. Thanks a lot, Fantasy Football Evolution. Okay, um, I want to do two more questions and then get to some either-ors. Um, I started you earlier with uh, Michael Thomas, Devontae Adams. But first, so the Redskins backfield, you, you mentioned Darius Geis. When I left on Friday, it was funny. Friday morning, I recorded and we're going, well, supposedly Geis is going to be okay. And then Friday night, <laughs> people are listening and going, That's, this is a waste of time. <laughs> so what do you think happens now? I felt like the first reaction from everybody was, well, obviously, they're going to trade for Mark Ingram. I'm like, oh, the Saints <laughs> want to do that? Great. Um, so Rob Kelly, Samaji P. Ryan, and Chris Thompson, who's the third down back, and says he might not be full strength till November. What do you think the Redskins do? You know, I, I think they're in a difficult situation. They're not a team that's proactive uh, in trades as far as during the preseason. Uh, so I don't see them scouring the other team's depth charts and making a small trade like a seventh rounder 
for a Dwayne Washington or, or somebody like that, which I think would be a better situation than what they're in now. Um, you know, so I, they're not trading for Mark Ingram. You know, DeMarco Murray's not coming back. Uh, Orleans Darqua would be good, a good back to yep. add to that stable. Uh, you know, he's still a free agent, good two down back, good guy to add, you know, to have a Chris Thompson. But, you know, for whatever reason, he hasn't been signed yet. He hasn't been looked at. Of the backs that are there, I think Chris Thompson is the guy to target. Uh, right now, it looks like uh, Rob Kelly and Perrine are kind of going back to back late in drafts. Nobody wants to commit to either of them. I liked Perrine when he was at Oklahoma, but he looked slow. He looked a, a step too slow for the NFL last year. So, of that situation, I'm staying away from it. I'm very upset. I took Geis and Scott Fishbowl. Yeah. So, I'm a little bit uh, down downturn on this. I'm hoping that they get proactive and trade for a back that looks like they could get cut from another team. I mean, if they got if they went after like a Gillisley or a Jeremy Hill right now from New England or, you know, a Dwayne Washington or um, even a you know West uh, from from New Orleans. I, I think that would be a better situation for them than okay. what they're in. Um, next thing, I don't know how much you watched on. I think Friday, um, Sam Darnold looked pretty good. He did. He do you, did. Do you think he starts week one? Uh, <laughs> he better with the way the announcers. You, you know how New York talk radio is. Yes. I mean. It's insane right now. It's not, oh, he's the week one quarterback. Don't, you know, don't pretend anymore. Or put him in there. I was at the game. I'm a Giant fan, went to a Jet game. <laughs> the Jet fans are literally, they were walking out on cloud nine. They think they have three <laughs> Hall of Fame quarterbacks going right now. Um, so for me, I think Darnold will end up being the starter. I think, you know, there's situations where he's putting the ball on the ground in practice, doing some things. But from throwing the ball, from making plays, he looks really good. So uh, I liked what he was doing outside the pocket. I like that th- the fact that he pushes the ball down the field. The stats didn't really show that because a couple of plays, literally, he 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 got hurt by a couple of receivers where they didn't put up their arms at the right time. Um, so I, I think they're in a good situation, probably the best situation the Jets have been in a quarterback for a long time with okay. Bridgewater. Um, you know, as as a third quarterback, Bridgewater looks really good in camp, from what I hear. Okay, so do you think? I mean, there was a for a long time last year, McCown was kind of a sneaky fantasy value quarterback. That people weren't yep. paying attention to him, and for a while he was top ten for a while, right? I mean, yeah, halfway yeah. through the season, I don't think he finished that high. But um, do you think? I mean, there was the the receivers there are not bad. You know, Robbie Anderson's kind of underrated. And if Quincy Noon was healthy, he's he's pretty good. He's an, he's kind of a nice sneaky late pick. Do, do you think there's some sneaky value in Sam Darnold because of the uh, the lack of respect that his receivers get, which which I don't think is totally warranted? I think there is sneaky value. I think right now he's going, what, quarterback 34, 35? Right. So, you know, I think there's a lot of sneaky value at that spot. Um you know, I would be more comfortable with him over a lot of a lot of guys in certain situations, um, especially in start one quarterback where, you know, you're looking for upside with that second quarterback if you're going to hold a spot there. So I like it. I like the receivers. Uh, you know, Anunua, you know, the injury, hopefully he can be stay healthy. That guy is a beast as a big slot receiver. Uh, Robbie Anderson, speed down the field, makes plays contested. 
uh, I think the third receiver position is kind of up for grabs. The running backs can make plays in the passing game. Uh, Jamie Eisenberg had a great tidbit that um, Elijah McGuire will be their third down back. So I wouldn't look too much into Bilal Powell starting the game. I think they might be kind of trying to show him for other teams. He might be a guy that might get moved on to the Redskins, possibly. So, um, you know, I think think those are all good spots, you know, that'll help the young quarterback. If he doesn't start, I think whoever starts for the Jets uh, is a sneaky play. Okay. Um, Yeah, I kind of like that one. All right. We're going to do the either-or game. We're just going to go guys who have been are, are being ranked close together or being drafted close together. I just want to talk a little bit about all of them and kind of, you know, when you get to the, the middle, your mid pick in the middle of the second round and you've got your decision to make, we're going to try to help you make some of those decisions. First of all, let's start up at the top or put the first four running backs in order for me. <laughs> First four running backs in order is a difficult task. Please give me the fourth pick so somebody else <laughs> right. makes the decision. Um, if, I, if it's full PPR, then I'm going Le'Veon Bell, David Johnson, Zeke, Gurley. Uh, if it's standard, it's it's almost completely different. I'm going uh, I'm going Zeke, Gurley, um, Johnson, then Bell. Okay. So – that's kind of how it's working for me this year. Yeah, I think that the more I think about it, that like uh, of these four, and I know formats are different. Of these four, I, I as the summer goes on, I like Zeke more and more. Yeah, like it's just it's just such a no brainer. The him. market like, share is just insane. Right. Um, all right. So now you get past them, and this one, this is this one is not a debate for me. Saquon or Kamara? Antonio Brown. (laughs) (laughs) All right, he's gone. He's gone. All right. He's gone. Uh, For me, it's Kamara. Oh, what? Yeah, it's Kamara. Um, You know, I I love Saquon, but I have him after Kamara. I just, I, I think playing on turf, playing in that offense, I think Kamara is, you know, second in market. You know, he'll be. He'll be tied for you know market share in that in that offense. So yes, the, you know you're paying you're paying top dollar for him, but I, I have him a little bit ahead of Saquon this year. All right, I want to talk about this more. Um, <laughs> you, you think he's going to be tied in market share? That's but but he doesn't like I, I I look at and I know he was great last year. He's great, but. The t- based on volume, which for him will go up, but it probably won't. It won't be Saquon's volume, right? It shouldn't be. But uh, here's here's the thing with Saquon. You know, it's amazing that he's a great pass receiver and he can be used in the passing game. I don't know how much the Giants are going to be able to use that based on their offensive line right now. I think he's going to have to block a lot. Okay. And and that that's my problem. Whereas I think Kamara. Is gonna is they they scheme other way ways to block. Um, they use Kamara as a receiver. They'd rather use Josh Hill as a blocker. You know, bring in an extra tight end as a blocker. Whereas the Giants aren't in that situation. Evan Ingram is not a good enough blocker. Saquon's a better blocker than he is. So I think going through my my projections, Kamara's just ahead of Saquon for me. 
Okay. That's a, that's a, that's an interesting angle that quite honestly, I hadn't thought of that Saquon's going to have to block, which is a, a pathetic testament to the Giants offensive line in its own right. But that's another discussion. <laughs> um, all right. So let's get into round two. Jordan Howard or Devontae Freeman? I have Howard ahead of Freeman right now. I, I do like Freeman. They are neck and neck. But um, the big thing for me is I like what the Bears offense is adding as far as a, an offensive coach. Um, the quarterback stepping up a little bit. Whereas I don't trust Sarkeesian as the offensive coordinator in Atlanta. I think he's the main reason they had a down year last year. And I don't think he'll scheme enough to get Freeman um, free on certain runs and passes that he was used to uh, two years ago. So for me, I think Jordan Howard can step up. I still don't think he's a pass catcher. I, you know, in PPR, uh, you know, I wouldn't be super excited. I don't think there's a huge high ceiling, but I think in standard and 0.5 PPR, he, he's going to be very good back this year. Okay. Um, yeah, it's a close one. Um, all right, next up, we're in the second round again at receiver. AJ Green or Mike Evans? AJ Green. Easy, easy, no e- doubt. Yeah, not even, not even like close. Mike Evans has been, he's been a volume guy. Is 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 Mike Evans good? <laughs> I I think he's good, but I, I think he's closer to uh, Michael Floyd than he is to AJ Green. All right, you know he, I mean? his success has been volume based, not talent based. I guess is what I'm getting at. It's talent-based, and, and it's the offense, the way they use him. I think it's low percentage, most of the plays. Right. You know, he's not used like A.J. Green where, um, you know, they're using his speed and his size and getting him open. Uh, you know, it, 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 there's a lot of situations where A.J. Green is, is taking a pass based on coverage, and it's like a running play. And okay. it's a free it's a free 1.7 because he's catching it, he's getting seven yards, he's going out of bounds, boom, it's done. And uh, And meanwhile, Mike Evans isn't getting that. There's other the, the way they run their offense. That that's going to be Godwin. That's going to be the two tight ends. That's you know what I mean. Yeah. The the running backs. Uh, and Evans is more you know that fifty fifty shot at receiver, which you know is fine for me. Just not even close to AJ Green though. Okay. Next up, um, Tyreek Hill or Stefan Diggs. Diggs. Yeah. Diggs. Yeah. I, I love Diggs. Um, I love the quarterback being added to that offense. A healthy Dalvin Cook to keep the chains moving. I think Diggs is in for a big year. Uh, I think, uh, you know, I, I like him a lot better than Tyreek Hill. And it's more an indictment of Andy Reid and Andy Reid scheming for Tyreek Hill and keeping involved game to game. Um, I think Tyreek Hill will have some big games. But I think the consistency, you know, when you're when you're playing fantasy football, if you're if you're going for total points for the year, the Tyree kill is going to be closer to, to Diggs than than I would want. But from consistency point of view of where they're going to end up as which wide receivers week in and week out, where you're going to start them, I think Diggs is the is definitely the guy you want this year. Okay, um, I like that. So so you're you're really I I think we all are to a point. You're really high on the Vikings. I I like the team. I love the defense. I think the defense is going to set them up. They, I don't know if their offense is going to have to put up that many points. I think they could be way ahead yeah. by the second half in games, which, again, helps Cook. It helps right. It helps Latavius if you're in a deep league and you, you know, you're desperate at running back. Um, you know, get, 
again, taking Latavius in that flex draft at running back 60, I think is kind of crazy on a good team. Right. You know, so. Okay. Um, you talked earlier about the tight ends and how you didn't want to pay for Ertz. But if you're going to pay for Gronk or Kelsey, which one do you want? Well, the, where Gronk went in the, in the flex draft, I, I would pay for Gronk. I mean, getting him towards the end of the second round is, is ridiculous. Um, uh, he he was he was up there with me when I was taking Michael Thomas. So okay, so well, so far in draft season um, and ranking season, I guess you could say Gronk and Kelsey have been pretty much neck and neck. And like, you're not. I know. I know. I've talked to people who would rather have Kelsey. Really? And you're kind of like, nah, no way. Nope. No. Okay. I, I I'm. You know, I'm a Gronk guy. I think uh, you know when you look at his statistics over the years when he's healthy. Um, but there's the rub, you know, right? I know there's the rub. But same thing with Kelsey. I mean, it's a position that is tough to stay healthy. They get hit more than any other position. They block more. They are involved physically. It, it is a it, it's a war of an attrition at that position. But if I'm going to gamble, if I'm going to take that, you know, Sigmund Bloom likes to call the queen piece on the board, I want it to be Gronk. Okay. Um, all right. Speaking of Gronk, at QB, let's say two or three, and I, I don't want to talk about the Sean Watson anymore because it makes my head <laughs> want to explode. Tom Brady or Russell Wilson? Tom Brady for me. Okay. Are you a Deshaun at quarterback two guy? No, no. Yeah. I, I have Desha- I, I like Deshaun, but I, I have him more in the five six range. Yeah, me too. Okay. Um we talked about Penny or Freeman. I was gonna ask you that. Um back to the Chiefs, Sammy Watkins or Corey Davis, who I know you picked, and I didn't see I don't have the context of where Corey Davis uh, where Sammy Watkins got picked. Um I think I Watkins that. went after. I, I'm a Corey Davis guy. I'd rather take the shot at the wide receiver one yeah. uh for Mariota, you know, making a you know, a comeback this year. I would rather Davis than Watkins. I think Davis is a better player, runs better routes. He's bigger, stronger, can, can kind of do everything in the position. And there was some off season stuff where people went back. Uh, I, I wish I could attribute it right now. It, you know, uh, I'm having trouble remembering exactly which, um, analysts went over it, but they looked at Watkins route tree and his effort level, um, over the years. And boy, is it bad? Really? I mean, there's really, there's not much Watkins can do as a receiver, um, which is troubling for the talent that he has. Right. You know, the guy was amazing at Clemson. I thought he was going to be a great receiver. But I looked at it. I watched tape, and I said, wow. I said, you're right. I, I said, this guy is basically – he's going to run off a of defense, he's not, and he's not going to be a player um, that you can count on in that offense. I think he, he, he's going to play third or fourth fiddle. I think the running backs will be involved more. Then Watkins will be. Okay. Last one. A, this is a four-player, let's say, tier of quarterbacks who are being ranked and drafted close together. Stafford, Rivers, Ryan, or Roethlisberger? Rivers. Really? It, 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 Rivers, where he goes. I, I, you know, uh, Stafford is somebody I, I can always pass on Stafford. I don't know what it is. It's, 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 it's a total bias on mine. I'm sorry. I re- I love him. You love him? Yeah. I I just, you know, he had the one big year, you know, and and since uh, Megatron's gone, it's just one of those things where uh, 
his consistency from week to week, I I just can't take it. Um, I'd rather I'd rather Rivers. Ryan it goes back to Sarkeesian. I don't believe in him. Roethlisberger again. You're looking at consistency from week to week. Roethlisberger could be quarterback one or quarterback twenty five. Yeah, you're right. He's all so, over the place. He's all over the place. So I'd rather Rivers. I think he's gonna you, you know he's gonna be closer to quarterback one almost each and every week, and um, that's the guy I would target in season long redraft leagues. So if you like Rivers, you probably you mentioned Mike Williams. You must like him. I like Mike Williams. What about tight end? What are they going to do? I think I think you know they're still talking to Gates. Mm-hmm. I think there's some tight ends that they can make a move for. Um, you know, I I think they'll make the best of it. But I I think the best spot for them is to just give Gates that one last year and uh, use him just in the passing game. You know, yeah. So make it make make him that nickel that nickel tight end. Do do you think that? I mean, let's say that doesn't happen. We don't know. Do you think the tight end uncertainty and the fact that you know, even if Gates comes back, you know, there's a there's a downgrade, right, from mm-hmm. Henry. Do do you think that helps Williams' cause for fantasy football? Oh, definitely. I think it helps Keenan. I think it helps Williams. Um, I think it helps the running backs. I think they're really going to have to get the running backs involved. Okay. Um, so, you know. In the first round, I, I I was you know thinking about Gordon. I think Gordon's going to have even more targets this year because it's a situation where they have to; they're forced to do it. And uh, I you know I, just like everybody else, I loved Hunter Henry going into the year, and it's it's a shame that he got injured. But I think Rivers will they'll overcome it. I, th- I think they've had a, enough time to figure out how to run the offense and what they're going to do in the red zone. I think Williams that's a position. Where he's going to excel is in the in the red zone. That he's a he's a, a person who makes contested catches. Yep, he's and, a big dude. and I think he's a big dude. Yeah. Um, so I, I I like that spot. All right, folks, um, that's it for today. The listeners to our podcast can get a free ten day RotoWire trial. RotoWire.com slash pod. No credit card needed for that, so you can check out nearly all the features on the site. Take a look now. RotoWire.com slash pod. Dennis, man, thanks a lot. What are you up to? Oh, you know, getting my rankings ready. Uh, It's been a little while. I've been taking some time off. Uh, Triplets are keeping me busy. But uh, my (laughs) my rankings will be up soon, uh, redoing the site. So everybody look for it in about a week um, over at CoachEsser.com. Right, and he's at CoachEsser on Twitter. Um, Great follow, lots of good advice. Um, You definitely want to follow him if you're not already. All right, folks, if you like the podcast, we'd appreciate it if you would leave us a review and a rating, which you've been doing a lot of lately, and and I really want to thank you for that. And thank you for listening today to this edition of the Rotor Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm going to be back Tuesday, Wednesday. I'm not sure which one yet. Might might be Tuesday and Wednesday. Might be Wednesday and Thursday. Um, So come on back and um, you know subscribe so you know when it's coming out. For Dennis Esser, I'm John Halpin. See you next time. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.